Emeritus? How's that, Joe? Emeritus? Did I do that right? Sure. Is that how you say that? Retired's okay. Retired. (laughs) Don't bother with that. UW Lacrosse, retired political science professor Joe Hyman with me now. I, 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 I... Cut out this whole block so we can just rant and rave here for the next 13, 14 minutes as opposed to, you know, you get a little bit more time with me because I'm just, I'm not going to read the weather every 10 minutes. Other, otherwise, I would email you the weather and make you read it mid-conversation mid, uh, mid here. But, um, uh, yeah, we were just talking about the, how many Senate candidates there are on the Democratic side to run against Ron Johnson. N- no... There are a couple of people on the Republican side running against Ron Johnson. Are there not? Will there be a primary there, too? I, from what I understand, there's probably not going to be a primary. Uh, the, uh, the Republicans, unlike the Democrats, endorse candidates, and they're going to have a, con- a state convention. They do this at that, at that event in, Jan- in June, if I remember right. And uh, they will certainly endorse Ron Johnson. makes it very difficult for anybody to run against somebody that the, the state party has endorsed. So... Uh, I don't think he's going to have, if he has any opposition, it's going to be, you know, minimal to somebody on the name of the ballot. Okay, I'm on Ballotpedia here, which sometimes doesn't update it. There's a guy named Brad Beyer and John Berman mm-hmm. and Justin Doty, Do- Do- but he doesn't even have a picture. Um, John Berman's picture, well, that's, a, that's not a great picture. And Adam Benedetto. So there's a couple of people on here, but um, there's 10, I believe 10 on the Democratic side, so we'll have a primary there. Um, this is the strategy in the 3rd Congressional District, too. I mean, do you like that strategy, just to have one candidate and not have a primary because they get the, they get the campaign the whole time, then, I guess? Well, that, that's one of the arguments that the parties, like, they don't, the parties typically don't want, you know, five or six, seven candidates running. They, they would tend to focus on one, and, and the problem is money, to some degree, they have to spend a lot of money through the primary to get through it. Thus, they'll have less money for the general election. That's, that's one issue. The second is that sometimes uh, candidates come out of a primary. You know, a primary, primary party primaries are in August right now. And uh, they come out of it bloodied by an opponent. I mean, it's very easy to, uh, to run in favor of a bunch of issues, but it's almost easier to attack the opponent. And the opponent then gets bloodied up a bit, and uh, that makes that person a little weaker for the general election. So that's uh, that's kind of the primary problem. Yeah, it's too twofold. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, Ron Johnson can't really attack. Uh, well, he can. You know what? I feel like Mandela Barnes is going to run run away with this. Is, am I wrong there? I, I've heard internal polls say that Mandela Barnes has a pretty substantial lead at this point, but we're talking about uh, let's see. The rest of uh, April, May, June, July, and the, I think it's in early August, uh, the primary. Yeah. So it's a little early to, to uh, annoy anybody at some point. Uh, if you've noticed, uh, Alex Lazary from uh, the, you know, the Milwaukee Buckeye, yep. he's been on, he, he obviously is not well known, so he's been on TV for at least a month or more, uh, running a lot of ads, spending a lot of money. Sarah Galuski, uh, the state treasurer, is now on TV. These are really early ads for uh, for a campaign, but it tells you that this is going to be pretty competitive. I don't think it's just a walkthrough for uh, Mandela Bars. You know, what's funny is um, kids don't, well, kids, you know, I'm saying kids, but like young voters, they don't watch TV anymore. <laughs> so those ads are all for you because young voters <laughs> are watching YouTube and they're watching, they're watching Instagram stories the, the the what they're watching is maybe 5 minutes long 
So yeah, I, uh, I think uh, smart campaigns uh, use the internet a lot more than than older campaigns. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a recognition that uh, uh, that that's uh, that's a very useful skill. I mean, for for, for certain age groups, that's uh, that's the way to go. They uh, the campaigns, you know, it's relatively cheap. By the way, you know, put something on on, uh, on uh, YouTube or whatever. Uh, and it's relatively inexpensive to put a campaign ad out on those on those uh, sites, and I think and, and same as robocalls. By the way, robocalls is the reason we all get them is that they're, they're cheap. It, you don't doesn't cost hardly anything to put robocalls out. Yeah. Okay. TV ads. We have ten. We have ten cent. I don't know. What, we, I don't know how we got into this because we were doing it on hold there. But uh, do you do you have have you? Deep dived into the other candidates because William Garcia, the Democratic Party chair here in La Crosse, and I, we interviewed Adam Murphy, and I'm not saying he's my favorite, but he was my favorite to interview because we talked about inflation, and um, he's like he's like in the midst of getting another master's degree, and I think he's got some tech background. He was really interesting. I'm going to try to have him on my show here pretty soon, but Adam Murphy was pretty interesting. I don't know if you've deep dived into the other ten candidates. It's probably hard to do, but maybe you did already. No, I haven't done that much. I tend to focus on the on the main ones. Uh, it's it's really up to the candidates to get your attention, basically. And uh, to be blunt, uh, a lot of it has to do with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more money you have, the more likely you're going to get your name out there, and uh, or or you've got a base. For example, Mandela Barn, being a lieutenant governor, uh, has a base of support uh, because he's well known. Name identification is a big, still a big deal. Yeah, it's funny too because Alex Lazary. You you even said it. He's he's his dad's the owner of the Bucks, and he and therefore he's appointed vice president of operations for the Bucks. Of course, so I just kind of roll my eyes at that. You know, they're billionaires, so they could throw their money into it. So, um, you know, whatever. It's just like yeah. I just kind of. And then having a uh, ten candidates, we need ranked choice voting. I mean, will, would we ever get that in Wisconsin without maybe some change in leadership? There's there's an organization, statewide organization that uh, is promoting the idea of uh, final, you know, final five and ranked choice voting. Uh, it has been endorsed by a number of Democratic and Republican state legislators. It's a very bipartisan proposal. It I believe it has had a hearing so far, but it does not look like it's going to be in place for uh, for next uh, November. The advantage. Let me just kind of talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. What's that? The final five voting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, essentially, puts everybody instead of a Democratic primary or Republican primary, puts everybody into the same list, and basically uh, you end up with five, say four or five candidates. It depends on the law through the primary, and those could all be Republicans. They could all be Democrats. They could be independents, uh, and then going to the general election, uh, you you have what is called a rate choice voting or instant runoff, and you and you rank the candidates uh, one through five. And if you don't, if you don't like, uh, if you like number one, uh, and you don't like anybody else of the four, say the four other candidates, uh, you don't have to vote for any of them. But if you do dislike somebody, you you would rank them number five, or not even give them a ranking at all. But it it allows essentially uh, the possibility of. not necessarily your favorite choice winning, but maybe your second or third choice winning. Yeah, you wouldn't feel, if you just do the presidential election, you wouldn't feel obligated to have to vote for, say, Joe Biden, who you don't really like, but man, we better vote for Joe Biden because if I vote for Bernie Sanders, then Donald Trump's going to win, something like that. Yeah, that's essentially it. It kind of opens things up. It, at least in, in theory, party becomes less important and uh, issues become more important. 
and, and the uh, the campaigns would change to some degree. Instead of uh, attacking your opponent all the time, uh, if you attack somebody during an election period, uh, are the supporters of those people going to rank you number two, three, or four? The answer is no. So it would force you to be a little bit more positive about uh, getting things done as as an incumbent, and also basically make you know, running a more positive campaign. So. I basically would support, I, I think uh, your listeners should uh, focus and look, watch this and see how it goes. There's a number of states, I think uh, Maine has is using this. Uh, oh, uh, I think uh, Alaska is using this for the first time. It has, by the way, been done at the uh, municipal level for quite a long time. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uses it. Well, we could have used it for a mayor race, right? We had 10 candidates. Yeah, it would have, would have helped, basically. The, the advantage... I think it changes the motivation of the campaign and the, and the motivation of these figures. The, the difficulty, however, for the voter is that you have to do a little more homework. You have to say, well, I like so-and-so, but uh, i got to know a little bit more about candidate B, C, and D, and F uh, to decide how I would rank them at some point. Yeah, because so it, it requires voters to do a little more homework, and that's... Uh, considered a negative but yeah and you can you can do that homework and then decide you know what i will vote for adam murphy number one for senate and then mandela barnes two, and then go on and on because you know like i like adam murphy more than anyone else but if it was just my only one i only get the vote one time my only vote gets to count once i'm not going to i'm not going to waste it on a no name because then my vote essentially disappears i don't even get a vote if i'm going to waste it on somebody so yeah, um exactly you talked about the 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 that this would change like campaign strategy. We might not see as much hate ads. Okay, we got five minutes. Hate ads, hate ads. Do they work? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what? A- Their studies show. You know, you love this. Studies show that people pay more attention to negative campaigns and negative ads than they do positive ads. Okay. Last we we had a local election last week. Do you think do hate ads work locally? Because we've had these. We've had hate, not ads per se, but flyers. We have hate flyers, I would call them, where they're negative flyers going after an opponent without any, I don't know, you've, you've probably seen more of these than I have. They're negative flyers going after opponent, but do they even mention the person to vote for versus like anti-Monica Cruz flyer? Does it even mention who she's running against? I, I got a, uh, a mailing uh, that, uh, on one side of it, it was very glitzy, very uh, professional, and it attacked her and uh, essentially the, the uh, county board in general for some of the things they're doing. On the other side, it endorsed a particular candidate. So they, they could use that same, uh, you know, one side they could use it for all sorts of campaigns, and then the other side they could endorse individuals. That's how they did it this time. Yeah, okay, so back to my question. Do idea, no, I don't think it helps at all. Right? Yeah, yeah, do you see, because if I, if I get a hate ad locally, and I, I'm, I'm like, let's, like my, I'm in Minnesota, but I'm, I'm pretty in tune to, if I saw a hate ad versus somebody locally, I would, first of all, I'd probably be digging up what, what, they're, what the thing is saying, but also I'd be like, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to vote for you simply based on the fact that you, you sent out this thing attacking your opponent uh, and then putting your name on it, like it just—I don't know. Locally, it feels like a little bit more personal versus, you know, I'm gonna a hate ad going after Ron Johnson. I'm just gonna roll my eyes and go, "There's, you know, some wacko out there spend some money to go after Ron Johnson." Yeah, the local local candidates are local people. These are your neighbors, basically. And for somebody to attack a person like that uh, can be kind of embarrassing, and frankly, uh, could could rebound and, and uh, boomerang against that person. 
you know, I think we uh, we want to think better of our local officials. And I, so I don't think negative campaigning really works particularly well at that in that level. Plus, it uh, it it also to be blunt, it keeps people out of running. I don't want to run. I don't want my family to get involved with this uh, negative stuff. And people are going to be attacking my family, attacking me, and that's I don't think that's healthy at all. Yeah, and and it seems like Gary Podesky called my show last week, and he was he wanted to come on, but it, then he had something come up. But he was saying that he was getting these flyers against him, and they didn't even give the group that you know produced the flyer had never even called him on issues. So these these attack flyers can come from anywhere. It seems. Yeah, they can. Uh, I, I could go over the names of the groups that I've gotten ads from. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Republican County of La Crosse was sending out advertising and, little, and mailings and things. The Democratic Party in Madison, believe it or not, was sending out mailings for this area. So you've got uh, essentially uh, party forces out there, basically. And, of course, they, uh, it's just easier to attack people and picking out things. And to be blunt, uh, who's going to catch them at it? You know, there's no uh, truth truthful meters in, in lacrosse area saying, oh, that's a fake ad or that's uh, that's not true. That's the unfortunate part. It never catches up with the truth. Yeah, part of the part of the problem there is if you you throw if you want to write a story like as a journalist, hey I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the fact that somebody's throwing out a hate flyer versus part of it, it seems like I'm promoting that then a little bit because then people oh it is an anti uh, I'm sorry, Monica, but my, that's the one I always see anti Monica Cruz ad or Monica Cruz flyer. And therefore, you know, that, so in, in some regards, I feel like I just don't want to put it out in the media. So I, I don't know. I felt itchy about it either, either way. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, as I said before, I think it has a, an effect of maybe keeping good people out of politics. And I'm not sure that's healthy, frankly. Uh, you know, you, you, Get a negative ad and negative campaign, and basically it does not add. You don't you don't think better of somebody even if they win an election. You don't think better of them because they've been attacked by other people. It uh, it kind of taints politics in general. You know, if you you ask people what level of government that they favor or like the people better, it goes federal least, uh, state somewhat, and locally the most. In other words, we we tend to like and support local officials much more than we do state and federal. Yeah, we can get them on the phone easier, too. I don't think it's positive at all. Yeah, definitely. That's UW Lacrosse, retired political science professor Joe Heim. Joe, thanks a lot for spending some time with us, man.